other side of midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. Obviously, the draconian budget cuts proposed by Mayor Eric Adams are getting a great deal of attention, including from some people that you wouldn't necessarily consider experts on municipal finance, including hip-hop star Cardi B, who had this to say of the mayor's proposed budget cuts. In New York... There is a 120 million budget cut. There's a 120 million budget cut in New York that is going to affect schools, public libraries, and um, the police department. Y'all know I don't give a f- the cops, but like it is what it is. There's going to be an 120 million dollar budget cut with schools, with the libraries, and the cops, and a five million dollar budget cut in sanitation. A budget cut in sanitation. We're going to be drowning with rats. We're going to be drowning in. F- Now, she is right in that there's a lot to worry about here. I am certainly concerned about the cuts coming to Universal 3K, but there were two very interesting columns over the weekend. One in the New York Post, one in the New York Daily News, one from Nicole Jolinas, who is right of center, one from Harry Siegel, who is left of center, both of which are essentially saying the same thing, which is the fact that what Mayor Adams is saying now doesn't make a lot of sense. So last week, the mayor scored all these headlines when he projected an $8.9 billion budget deficit for next summer. That is up from a $5.1 billion estimate in June. So all the city agencies are going to have to cut $1.8 billion. The number of police officers is going to fall below 30,000, something we haven't seen in 30 years. The streets are going to be dirtier, as Cardi B articulated there, and kids won't be able to visit libraries on Sundays. And even after these cuts, the budget deficit still stands at $7.1 billion. And to listen to the way Mayor Adams spins it, it's all because President Biden won't give us the money to house 65,000 migrants. The issue, though, is this crisis isn't new. This has been with us for a long time. All of this was foreseeable back in June. Tax revenues, at least for the moment, are just fine. For the current fiscal year, they're coming in at $800 million higher than predicted. The only thing that has changed in four and a half months between June and now to make this budget such a disaster is Adam's projection of migrant spending. In June, the city projected $2.9 billion in asylum seeker costs for the current fiscal year. And shortly after the enacted budget, the mayor informally warned New Yorkers that it could cost up to $4 billion a year. Well, What has changed? The only thing that's changed from June until now is that the mayor is shortening the stays of how long migrants can stay in city care. So I feel like we're being sold a bill of goods. I don't know if this is to distract from the current legal issues he's facing, or I don't know if the mayor thinks this is a better way to get money out of Washington. Either way, the mayor was either dishonest with us back in June, or he's being dishonest with us now. Beam me up! To be continued. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
the other side of midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. Well, it looks like this probe into Mayor Eric Adams and his campaign is heating up. Not only has he formed a legal defense fund, which people are going to be eligible if you have $5,000 you don't need, to contribute up to $5,000 too. I'm very interested to see who ends up contributing and what business they may have before the city. But that's a story for another day. Well, you might have heard reports that City Hall staffer Rana Abasova has been placed on leave amidst this federal investigation. And we now know her home was also raided by the FBI. The nonprofit news outlet The City had previously reported that Abasova traveled with Adams to Turkey when he and the Turkin Foundation, an entity backed by the son and daughter of the Turkish President Erdogan, they all went to Turkey together, uh, Miss Abasova and Mayor Adams, several times. There's clearly a soft spot for the Turkish community that Mayor Adams has had. Is this due to the campaign contributions? Who knows? But I think the fact that this particular aide not only had her home raided by the FBI, but was placed on leave by the Adams administration, and they appear to be admitting that at least one person did not act properly in what they were doing. I don't know if they're trying to set this person up as a scapegoat or if there's something else going on here. But I think what this all goes to show is, and again, I've been saying that what was reported in both the New York Post and the New York Times about the mayor calling the fire department to try and get them to fast track the permitting process for the Turkish consulate, I don't think that's a big deal at all. Are straw donors a big deal? Yes. Are doing favors for donors a big deal? Maybe. That's right in that gray area. It's not right, but it generally is legal. I'm curious to see if there's more here. Do they have proof of using straw donors? Keep in mind, two people have already pled guilty to a crime to using straw donors. Mayor Adams and his campaign wasn't implicated in that, but one wonders if this was kind of just the culture of this. We now see that the Adams campaign did not disclose as much information about their campaign bundlers as the other campaigns did. So I mention all this not to pile on Mayor Adams. He certainly got enough issues. But to say I don't think, as some people have suggested, that this is all just concocted in order to give the mayor a hard time because he's been outspoken on the migrant crisis. There's a lot of smoke here. Is there fire? I don't know, but I don't think this investigation is just political. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Recently, a listener, former listener of the week, actually, reminded me of a situation that I had noticed, but I must confess I didn't realize was still going on. Do you know that you can't simply walk into a DMV office without an appointment? Essentially, if you go to the DMV, you're stopped at the entrance and told, quote, we only operate by appointment since COVID. What? I mean, everything is opened up again. The whole world is opened up again. Should the DMV or any other government agencies, for that matter, be able to turn away citizens by requiring appointments? 
Doesn't that make government less accessible to the public? I think it does. I am going to be writing to my state legislators and urging them to get on this because the fact that the DMV is still operating like this is May or June of uh, 2020 or even December of 2021, it makes no sense. There's no reason you shouldn't be able to go into a DMV without an appointment, get one of those deli counter style tickets and wait your turn for whatever business you need to do. Let's say you need something urgent. Why shouldn't you be able to just go there? Why should you have to have an appointment first? Now in the DMV's defense, they have made the process of getting an appointment much easier, but why should you have to? Every government office should be open to walk-ins and not turn people away because they don't have an appointment. Shame on the DMV here for using COVID as an excuse to offer fewer services or less user-friendly services to the public. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Well, do you remember the case of Jordan Neely who was put in, who was restrained by a passenger who happened to be a Marine, Daniel Penny, on the subway and unfortunately died? Well, I must tell you, the more we learn about this case, the more I don't think that there should be criminal charges here. I had a very open mind about this case and was more than willing to see where the evidence went. But the more that we hear about this, the more that we hear from other passengers that were on that subway car. It's clear that Daniel Penny should not be prosecuted. He should be celebrated. There should be more people like Daniel Penny out there. And that's why I am so disgusted but not surprised at what we're hearing from the Manhattan DA's office. Last week, Manhattan prosecutors doubled down on their decision to bring manslaughter charges in the subway so-called chokehold death of Jordan Neely. The prosecutors in the Manhattan DA's office are arguing that Daniel Penny should have known he was about to kill the homeless man considering his military training and warnings from worried bystanders. The statements were included in a response to an October filing by defense attorneys that sought to dismiss the case, with prosecutors stressing that Penny, who's only 24 years old, by the way, allegedly directly killed Neely when he laced his arms around the troubled homeless man's neck for six minutes inside the subway car. They argued that there was clear proof Penny caused Mr. Neely's death. The Manhattan DA's office also pushed back on a number of statements that uh, Penny's defense attorneys made in their motion, which sought to portray Neely, a 30-year-old with a history of mental health problems, as a true threat to the other passengers riding the F train uh, that day. For starters, this prosecution of Daniel Penny is not going to bring Jordan Neely back. We need a long-term solution to all of the violently mentally ill people that are currently walking around the streets of New York unmedicated. The solution is not prosecuting Daniel Penny, even for manslaughter should not happen and i think to hold him to a different standard because he should have known given his military background not only is that kind of a prosecution going to cause people not to come to someone's aid in the future it may cause people not to join the marines in the future i hope they drop this case it is a loser i hope and pray 
that he's not convicted. Beam me up! To be continued. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 